Hello and welcome to the new podcast, A Sailor and a Philosopher Walk Into a Bar. Here we've got Louise and Bieta. We've been friends since middle school. And in this podcast, we get together and we just talk about all the crazy things that are happening in the world and all the bizarre ways that despite our very different career paths, uh, we have kind of ended up on similar tracks today. Enjoy. All right. So what's happening in Beataland? Oh, you know, just gave my dog a bath. So he's like running around all over the place, um, rubbing his face on the carpet because it's just the thing that he does. <laughs> awesome. It sounds like a burglar breaking in in the room next to me and it's really just him running around and like hitting everything in sight. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh man. Well, there there could be worse things than a dog going crazy after a bath. Right. I mean at this Is... point like 13 years, it's just the thing that he does. So Yeah, sure. We have not yet tried giving our puppy a bath but he's been going crazy for a couple hours he just i don't know he runs around he was just manically licking my sweater like his life depended on it (laughs) i don't know what that's about but i'm not i'm not fighting it i'd rather him lick me than like chomp everything in sight so i'll take it (laughs) what else is going on well, uh, just to continue uh, our last uh, episode, GameStop's down to like 50-something. <laughs> All right. It's not funny, but it's funny. Like, I mean, so these guys that are holding, like, the, the ones, like, from Reddit, like, these guys went into this knowing they would lose money. Like, this is just their thing. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of worried about, like, anyone else that got dragged into it, but... Yeah, I feel like one of my philosopher friends went into it, and that was concerning to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I think, like, I know that, like, you, you can definitely be a philosopher and not be, like, a mathy person, but, like, hmm, there's some reason to be suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, one of my cousins just keeps, she, this is a cousin I have mixed feelings about, but he... <laughs> She just keeps posting about how we're all just sticking it to the rich guys and like she's really aggressively on and like I I know her enough to know that she does not know what she's talking about. <laughs> There's no way that she understands the complexities. I mean, it's possible, I suppose, that like a lot of things have changed in her world, but like this is coming from a person who couldn't figure out how to get a pizza delivered when she lived in an apartment that had a gate. I don't think she's there, but she's got strong opinions. She's posting about it all day long. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to stay out of it, but I'm just like, it's like a car wreck. You can't look away from. I've been on wall street bets every day. Just like watching these people. <laughs> like the memes mm-hmm. are funny. The memes are hilarious. <laughs> and like, you know, like, I don't know how much you know about, like, Wall Street bets, but, like, the guy who kind of, like, or at least one of the guys who started all of this, uh, he goes by the username uh, Deep Fucking Value. <laughs> um, I was reading, um, I thought he was just some dude, like, some random, like, crackpot from Reddit, and, like, I-, I listened to a little bit of the audio from his video when he first recommended GameStop, and it was, like, it was solid, right? He was just like, oh, well, you know, this is why I think they're going up. And, like, they got this new board of directors. They just partnered with Microsoft. Like, they were all good things. He was making a genuine recommendation. And then, like, fucking everybody else just, like, took it and ran with it. And they got, like, insane. But um, that guy, apparently he's, like, actually a licensed broker. And he could get in real big trouble for all the shit he was saying. Oh, dear. So, yeah. Yeah, not good. Not good. No. Because if it was just some dude on the internet, then it's, like, it's funny. But, like, if it's, like, an actual, like, licensed dude, like, there's things you, you like, you know you're not supposed to say. 
But. Yeah, I feel like you could lose your license over that, especially if it like actually leads to any substantive volatility. Yeah. Oh man. Then you're you're in trouble. Has he posted anything since? I don't know. I don't like. I don't actually like follow him that closely. Mm. But yeah, I'm yeah, I'd be real quiet him. right now if I were him. Hold <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like the and the the rest of Wall Street bets is just like shaming anyone for like <laughs> for not holding. They're just like, oh, you fucking pussies! Like you couldn't hold for like three days and blah blah blah. Like, dude, it's over. <laughs> like mm. people are just like trying to salvage whatever like little they got left. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a thing that was i mean that's i feel like that's the first time maybe in our lifetimes that like it really entered pop like the market really entered pop culture in a meaningful way yeah like like the like the only <laughs> it's not the only thing but like one of the good things that came of this is like i think i finally found my people like wall street <laughs> wall street bets is hilarious like there's people there who like genuinely like know what they're doing and do their research though like they just like to talk like you know like internet wall street bet uh, wall street bet uh, <sighs> Sorry. They just like to talk like internet bros and sound like really dumb, but they actually know what they're talking about. A lot Mm. of them do. So, then a lot of them don't. So, that's why I used to stay out of those kinds of places because the the place that I learned to trade, um, it was called uh, Online Trading Academy. And, um, fuck, it was a bunch of old people. Like, I was always like, 10 times younger than anybody in the room anytime I walked into one of those classes. This shit was wild, but yeah, so it's like, like, like I was saying before, like, that's a, that's a kind of cool thing about Robinhood is that it kind of brought, like, stock trading into, like, a more mainstream, but, like, I don't know. But then everything else that came with it, like, how they gamified the stock market and people don't really understand, like, mm-hmm the ramifications of like what the fuck they're doing that's bad (laughs) but yeah i sent you something on instagram i know you're not on instagram (laughs) it was like a a a reel and it was like robin hood was like the guy in charge he like owns the this pizza shop and this guy it's build your own pizza and the guy's Mm. like um the the owner of the shop supposed to be robin hood and the guy making the pizza is like the ordinary folk on robin hood and the guy's like, okay, I want to put cucumbers on my pizza. And Robin Hood's like, no, 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 you don't. You don't want cucumbers on your pizza. He's like, no, it's it's all I can, like, build your own pizza. That means I can pick. And Robin Hood's like, no, no, that is not what it means. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I don't like messing with stuff I don't really understand, which is probably why I've never really, like, dipped my toes in this space but i feel like people are very i I mean i feel like that might be not the most common position like i feel like people (laughs) like i mean it's it's gambling it's the same kind of appeal as gambling but i think it doesn't the market doesn't have to be gambling and maybe like the stability of our country gets a little bit less stable when everyone's gambling (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe a little bit uh shoot what are those Oh, so the guy who, like, the the CEO of Robinhood, I don't know if you've ever seen him, his name's, like, Vlad Tenev or whatever, that guy (laughs) just so happens to also look exactly like deep fucking value, (laughs) and there's this running joke on Wall Street Bets about how nobody's ever seen them in the same room. (laughs) 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 There was this uh, news article that was saying that, like, deep fucking value is you know, getting called into like uh, testify in court and every and and all that, and everyone's like, "Holy shit, they're gonna be in the same room!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, did he like? Do you think the guy like broke the law though? I mean, I can see why he might lose his licensure, but like, is it illegal to say like, "I think that this company is going to be doing better"? It makes sense to me to buy. No, that that part isn't illegal. I think the let me see if I can pull up the article. It was like it was like some specific thing. Um, so like something he did along the way. 
Let's was see. illegal. The Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, the Securities Industry Self-Regulatory Body, requires brokers to refrain from making false or misleading claims or exaggerated statements and material omissions on social media. So, like, maybe, I don't, like, I don't know, like, like I said, I haven't seen, like, a lot of his stuff, but the, the stuff I saw, like, it didn't seem exaggerated to me. But maybe, mm -hmm. like, maybe it's because I, I like, I watched his early his early videos and maybe just got like out of hand later on i don't know gotcha <laughs> yeah no that stuff's wild i mean i feel i like get the heebie-jeebies sometimes too with like um you know there's a lot of stuff on the internet about like mental health things mm -hmm. and like i like existing in this space but you know there's always like a million disclaimers that like this is not a replacement for therapy or you know people right. everyone Every other sentence is, I'm not a therapist. Like, I started off on Empowerment Through Thought saying that a lot, right? Yeah. Because I'm a philosophical counselor. That's my training. And mm -hmm. I pitch myself as a philosophical coach. So I'm not even, like, officially doing counseling under that name. And, you know, there's a – I'm not licensed by the government, which is what being, like, an, a mental health provider is. But there's also, like, a point where it's, like – when do you need to stop saying that? You know, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> I mean, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's not obvious, and it's going to be even less obvious once I get my PhD that I'm not a mental health professional. Because having a doctorate in this space is going to make people think like you're like a psychologist or you're licensed or something, um, right? So, like, I have the disclaimers around, but it's kind of exhausting to constantly be saying I'm not this. Can um, you just like put it in your Instagram bio and call it good? <laughs> I don't, like, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I mean, some disclaimer like that around, I think, would be good. But, like, I think one one strategy, I don't know if this is actually, like, a functional strategy for me, is, like, I don't really, like, tell people, like, this is what you should do. Instead, I focus on, like, describing, like, what happens if somebody tries to do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really saying like, you know, you need to go no contact with a toxic person. A lot of people in my in my space and empowerment they thought do that kind of thing. They're very they're very aggressive about saying like you you need to go no contact. That's the only way that you can you can live a good life. Um and I just I I personally for me need to go no contact with toxic people, but I don't get in people's faces saying that's the only way you can handle your life. That's the only way you're going to be able to live a good life because I'm not sure if that's true for all people, mm -hmm. but I just kind of like try to avoid these things. And I'm like, so if you, you know, go to the toxic person, like toxic people are interested in protecting this fragile narrative that they've built, um, that their whole life is based on. So if you try to challenge that narrative, they're very likely to, you know, push back on you to be aggressive toward you or be these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I'm not really like saying you should or should not do this or that. I'm just saying this is like what you can expect from toxic people. Right. And I mean, I think that's the role of a coach is to help people arrive to their own conclusions, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know how like misleading it is um, in terms of like being a mental health professional. Gotcha. Right. Because I mean, I don't know what a mental health professional would do in these spaces because I don't see them. I mean, I see, I, I follow lots of mental health professionals. Like I watch what they're doing. Um, and they're often kind of describing in general terms, like this is what, you know, having anxiety looks like. And they, they kind of talk about it, but again, it's not like giving specific advice. Like you should go do this or, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I have given specific advice recently. I've said, like, if you want to know if you're toxic, you should talk to a mental health professional. <laughs> uh, but that one seems pretty safe. Uh, so, but I mean, I think that maybe maybe one of the troubling things that this broker guy did is he, he might have suggested that you should go and buy GameStop rather than saying, like, well, I think that this thing is going to improve. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's stressing me out, though. Like, I worry about this from, like, a legal perspective. Um, I mean, I, I think I'm not misleading. And I think most, I mean, fuck it. There's no such thing as a toxic person. 
(laughs) This isn't a real category. There's nothing in the DSM that says toxic. Yeah, it's not like a clinical term. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like an ordinary language term, and I have just commandeered it to refer to all like the big bucket of people who have personality disorders. That's that's a Louise thing. That's Louise being a philosopher. Like I pick the term, I define the term. I don't typically talk in detail about any one personality disorder, um, partially because I'm I'm not. I mean, if you get that specific, you need to have more expertise, and I don't have that. So, um, and it's complicated because I like to switch between who I'm talking about. I don't know. I don't always label it right. I just talk about toxic people in my life in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've got a couple, I've got, I think very confidently, one of the toxic people in my life had borderline personality disorder. Um, relatively confident that two people have narcissistic personality disorder. And then one of them, I can't fucking tell. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that one's problem is. Um, but you know, I'm not in the business of diagnosing people. So like, these are what I think. And like, I have different levels of confidence about the, details but like i i don't like to go around and say like this person has this personality disorder this person had that one i think it's more useful to just talk about toxic people because like we out here in the streets trying to survive we don't have expertise in the dsm we can't go diagnosing people and we're not even like appropriate to be diagnosing because you were too close to the situation Mm -hmm. so like we're never going to get a diagnosis because like what freaking toxic person is going to be like, yes, let me find out if I'm toxic. (laughs) (laughs) Go to a mental health provider and then be honest about that provider's diagnosis. (laughs) Like that's never going to happen or almost never going to happen. Right. Usually the toxic person isn't the one asking if they're toxic. (laughs) That's right. They only do it if they are um, if the, they're trying to be manipulative about it. Right. So the, if somebody says to them like, Oh, I think you're the toxic one and they can play the victim somehow by considering the question, am I the toxic one? They'll do it. It's like opportunistic, but they're not doing it for realsies. It's all for show. Right. Yeah. So it's like a BS version. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think, it's more useful to talk about toxic people because you can just bypass this issue of like, oh, is this person, do they really have a personality disorder? What kind of personality disorder? And I think that's helpful at certain points, but the truth is you can't know because you don't control them. You can't, you're not a mental health provider in an appropriate position to tell. So just stop worrying about it. They're toxic. You know, they're toxic. Everyone knows that they're toxic. (laughs) like move on and that's i feel more confident talking about toxic people too because that's like mental health providers don't talk about that mm-hmm. so i feel like that helps but i you know i worry about it there there are people in my field get get sued sometimes from i mean this mostly happens in new york but like there's a big tension with the organization that i work with that like certified me between mm-hmm the like mental health providers and the philosophical counselors, um, which is dumb because let's get it right. Psychology is the baby of philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) We started it. We started fucking everything. You want to talk about physics? That was fucking Aristotle. Get out. (laughs) Psychology psychology has barely existed. It is like a brand new little baby field. And philosophy has been kicking ass and taking names all over the goddamn world. (laughs) (laughs) So we are king. Everyone else should remember who's more important than them. (laughs) I probably get in trouble for saying that. I don't know. Maybe. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I like psychology. It's got, you know, it's got really different values than philosophy. Um, Psychologists uh, base their work on a lot of assumptions that I think are like just giant pieces of poop. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Just massive assumptions about very basic things that you you would get 
crucified if you made the kind of assumptions psychologists regularly do in a philosophy paper context. <laughs> so, you know, but what if you can get past that, they, there's lots of good things that they've discovered about the world and like how people work. I don't think that that means their things are meaningless or anything. I just think it's unfair to think that psychology is the only, only, like only psychologists get to speak to this part of human experience. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how I got on that soapbox. <laughs> I don't know, but I love what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a wild world. I actually have like a little, um, there are some philosophical counselors that want to like get together and have a Zoom session on Friday. So that's unusually supportive of philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> Do all philosophers just hate each other? Is that is that like <laughs> I get that vibe whenever you talk about other philosophers? <laughs> I mean, on the surface, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I think compared to all other fields, we are like really big assholes to each other, like a lot. But there are like pockets of supportive philosophers. Like it's not like across the board, you can't find anyone who's supportive. Um, it's just we're somewhere between incredibly lazy, usually very um, not introspective. Of course, we're introspective. What's the word? Introverted. Um we tend to be very socially awkward. Like this is not, you don't want to spend all day like closed in a room thinking to yourself and really enjoy spending time with people. <laughs> we don't attract that. Um, and then we tend to mostly be like old white men and they're too macho to want to socialize or have friends or anything like that. So yeah. Not, not a, not a nice field. Don't recommend. <laughs> I mean, there are people who are good and like, I, I hang out with the people who are good and my department in particular is relatively supportive. It's just, we're very, we're, we're not good at creating things, especially in like the pandemic context. Like we're particularly bad at this um, because we don't like zoom. Like we're too like aware that, you know, this isn't real human interaction. I mean, we like, we spend our time thinking about like, you know, uh, like philosophy of mind and philosophy of time things that like, where Zoom is like literally our worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> like we're talking at a robot, which is our little camera and the, you know, through our speakers, another robot is talking to us. <laughs> like this is, very not real life and i think a lot of a lot of especially the older people just can't they can't wrap their mind around this just being like the way things have to be and because we're like pretty much okay just being by ourselves and going and doing our scholarship like we're just super antisocial <laughs> <laughs> but i'm excited for this little group i don't know how it's going to go um, but it's a good little attempt and hopefully it could like be a thing or I could meet, I mean, I have a philosophical counselor that I work with who is, um, like she is, she's not currently doing it full time, but she's like kind of trying to move that direction, mm -hmm. uh, which is good, but she wants to, I think, do things a little bit more like in real life. And I want to have an online business basically. And, you know, you introduced me to like the ClickFunnels world and like, I exist in the kind of like online entrepreneurial space a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Not always for the better, but it's like, a weird world. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but like, I see, you know, not, not just this person I work with, but in general, you know, I see people doing stuff that's basically silly and like, mm -hmm. I know it's silly. Like, I mean, I do some silly stuff too, right? Like I'm focused a lot on content right now and I don't have any revenue generating things. And I fundamentally know that if I use the time that I do have for content and instead like worked on creating an offer or something, I would create more sales. Um, 
So like in some ways that's a silly thing I'm doing, but I, I am choosing to do that. Like I have reasons for why that's what makes sense for me right now. Right. And I think, I mean, content, create like creating content is more valuable in the long run because it's not like, that, like that, that's how people are going to find you and read more about you. I think, I, I, I think, um, I think creating content is more valuable than creating an offer. Yeah. I mean, it depends, I think, on what the goals are, right? If it's to, if, if you have a business to make money and like the ideas you're making money now, like content's not going to, it, it might help with organic traffic, but if you have a bit of money to start with, you can buy traffic too. Mm -hmm. um, so you can, I think that there's a, like, I don't think that anyone should throw out content by any means. I can't imagine a world where like not having an online presence would work in the long run. Mm -hmm. But if you think like, okay, you know, there's 40 hours in the week, I'm spending 20 hours a week on my business and I'm spending 15 of that on content and five on that on revenue generating things. I mean, that would actually be pretty good by my life. <laughs> 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 but that's more than you're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> that's because I don't know how to generate revenue. I like, I understand what being a content creator is. I understand, like, not that I'm good at it, but like, I understand the kinds of things you need to do. Um, so like, that's, a, that's where I can dip my toes in. And like you said, there's like other, there's other goods you get from generating content. You get more comfortable talking to people. You um, create searchable things that bring people to your channels or to your website or whatever. So there are goods here, but I don't know. Like I'm aware of the shortcomings of the strategy that I've picked. Um, and I, I am generally trying to work on those issues when I like, but I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty deep in now. Like I'm not at the beginning stage. Like I, I tried, I went on Skillshare today. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you use Skillshare? This isn't sponsored no. by the way. Skillshare sponsors <laughs> freaking everything on YouTube. So I just want to say <laughs> sponsor. Well, I think it, it sponsors everything you see on YouTube because I never get Skillshare. I get a lot of, uh, let's see the targeted ads I get if I watch too many security videos is like stuff like how to win your wife back so <laughs> it's great they think I'm like a retired cop it's awesome <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> okay well I haven't gotten those yet <laughs> I guess I mean I watch a lot of what's called edutainment <laughs> yeah so educational entertainment and they all operate in a similar space and Skillshare is the biggest that and like there's Nebula, um, Skillshare and Brilliant. Those are the ones I get all the time. And like Brilliant is some STEM learning platform. And I'm like, do you know me? I'm never going to go voluntarily do math. <laughs> get out. So Anyways, I was on Skillshare and like there was a course that came up that um, you just, they're like little mini courses on Skillshare. So um, you can learn a lot of like technical skills and you can learn art skills. Like there's a bunch of stuff. So there was like this course on like how to be a coach. Like it was kind of about like an introduction to coaching. And like, I swear to God, that guy just went to ClickFunnels and then made a course about ClickFunnels. <laughs> like he was like, he, he made like a tiny twist on it. Cause you know, like in ClickFunnels, they say there are like three major markets. There's like health and wealth and relationships. And relationships yeah. And he was like, oh, there's also happiness. <laughs> and I was like, that was a that's, cute try. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's really vague. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and he had a whole bunch of distinctions that were not very good. So I did not like this course very much, but I like went through it at like double speed and I was skipping around to try to see like, is there anything here that's kind of new? And like, I feel like I kind of know, I kind of know the basics now. Like he reassured me that like, um, I kind of know a little bit about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's that's good. But now I'm more frustrated when I look at, like, you know, my my peers that are just kind of starting out um, trying to either do an online business. Not that I have a lot of peers like that. But, you know, 
I get a little bit concerned when I see them like pursuing things that I think they're generally it's thought that that's not like, that's not going to lead to the results that they are believing it's going to lead to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I like, don't know how to (laughs) conduct myself. And then I get frustrated. I'm like, these people aren't my people. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I did find a, um, I don't know if you know this, you, you probably don't I have no idea why you would know this lady, but <laughs> she, I think some like pretty broad things. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She she has a website um on like a coaching business basically that's um helps academics get either academic jobs or non-academic jobs. Um she's called the Professor is in. Mm, gotcha. Definitely not um, thing I'm into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a pretty niche. Um, but she she has a very active Facebook page, but then she has a like sister page for that called The Professor is Out. And it's all about academics that are leaving the academy or they're considering leaving the academy. And yeah, that is that is niche niche. That's you. <laughs> that's yeah. specifically you. <laughs> yeah. So like I went on there and there was like because of the pandemic, she like promoted this thing on her main page. And then it was like flooded with people that were like, thank God, a place for me to exist. And so there was this flurry of activity and I was going through the stuff and I was like, this is so great. And then I like started to realize that exactly zero of the people talking in the group. Um, are thinking about being like an entrepreneur or like having a small business. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's right. I'm weird among the weirdos. <laughs> so <I> feel that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there was one um, post in particular that I thought was pretty interesting. Maybe you have some thoughts on. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy was like, he, I don't, I didn't even understand the words he was using. He, he was an academic, he had a PhD, um, but he had gone into like, he had a well-paying job doing something not related to his academic training. And he was saying like, oh, you know, like, how do I figure out what success looks like in this field? Like in, in the academy, we have very clear rules about who's successful and who's fucked up their lives. (laughs) (laughs) There are only two choices for the people who get tenure and they're the people who don't. Right. (laughs) And like tenure is a very well-defined process. You, you know, you go, you get your undergraduate degree, you go to graduate school, you get your PhD, you get a tenure track job, you spend five or six years publishing and then you get tenure and then you live happily ever after that's that's, <laughs> that's not how it goes anywhere but that's how the story is supposed to work so you know you have like everyone in academia like centered around this right you decide who's good and who's bad based on whether they have tenure or you know it's it's the mark of the devil if you were up for tenure and you didn't get it basically <laughs> That 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 sounds a lot like um like being in the navy and like m- you know like making chief and not making chief and I was like I was like technically I was up for it twice before I got out and I didn't make it and like I don't know I I just like I should have made it because it was at a hundred percent but I was a piece of shit so I didn't like <laughs> no just kidding yeah. but. Well, I mean, yeah, sorry, lots, go on. <laughs> there's lots of reasons that people don't get tenure too. Like, I mean, if you have a baby, you're fucked. Like, there's no place to procreate in the academy. If you're a woman, yeah, if you're a man, yeah. you're fine. I'm drawing more parallels here. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's this kind of no matter what school you went to, no matter like what your path in the academy is, you know that tenure is the goal. Like, it is crystal clear. And this guy is like super struggling because he was like, it's not clear here. I don't know what success is. I don't know. Like my job pays good, but like, am I just the kind of person that's just going to work and getting the paycheck and that's it? And then I die. (laughs) (laughs) And so he was like asking the group, like, how do you figure out what success is? And I was like, whoa, dude, you just stepped in a big heaping pile of philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) 
of dumb. Like, first of all, it's bullshit in the academy that we say success has to look like this. Like, mm -hmm. that has always been a bullshit thing. That has always been an oppressive thing. It like, there isn't a lot of good that has come except for, you know, for the people in power, it's good for them. Um, mm -hmm. Like, and some people now think that we're going to get rid of tenure. Like it's basically a dying thing anyway. So the Academy will have to redefine it, um, which is good because it's a big pile of shit. So, <laughs> so like, let's not, let's not think about how greatly, you know, how much better our lives were that the Academy dictated to us what success was. And like, why are you asking a bunch of strangers what success looks like? <laughs> like don't you think you need to figure out what success looks like for you like it's not the same thing for all people at all times mm -hmm. um i don't know i said it slightly smarter than that because when i talk to academics i you know <laughs> I, I turn i turn up the rhetoric a little bit when i'm not talking to academics i say what i actually think <laughs> that's awesome so um, I don't know. I was I was wondering though, like if you if you feel like there's kind of a similar kind of struggle trying to figure out like what what's gonna look like what success looks like when you leave the military from when you leave the academy. Yeah, I think. Um, well, I mean, let me start with like within the military. Like, w like within the military, like your like success looks like you know, like you're supposed to rank up, like you know, every few years whenever you're you're up for it and then like eventually like the goal is to do your 20 years and get your retirement and also live happily ever after but um but you know some people just don't want to do that and like this is this is actually like a fairly new thing like like if you talk to people from like I don't know if it's like the 80s or whatever before then but like the Navy didn't, you like, the military didn't re used to require you to rank up like that. You, you, you could have stayed, like, a, like, a junior, like, enlisted guy for, like, freaking 30 years and then not get kick kicked out. Like, that, that was just a thing. And then, um, I don't know, like, and I think, like, in the Navy, it's, like, you, you don't really, like, you're kind of forced into leadership roles and not everybody belongs there like some people just want to turn wrenches <laughs> like mm -hmm. I, I don't know and um yeah and then like when you're transitioning out of the military I think like everyone's ideal thing is that they're gonna get out and like get like some six-figure job because like you know they that that's how much they think they're worth and um like that's just I don't know like Sometimes, like, sometimes you get out and you, like, you want to do something completely different than what you did in the Navy. Like, I, I, like, I was an electrician and I went to go do, like, graphic design for a little bit. And then, like, you know, in, like, in, like, while I was in school, I was, like, you know, I was out of, like, fucking, I, I was working at a deli. And, um, you know, like, that's not usually, like, the picture of success people think of, like, when, when you, when you separate from the military or whatever but like you know it's like one of those things where it's like it's like it's part of like it's part of the transition and i pe i feel like people would people should talk more about it but hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i mean i think you know because there's, there's a lot of academics that kind of end up you know they get their phd and then you know they're working they're working jobs where they don't need a phd and they're adjuncting on on the side basically mm -hmm. or like a lot I mean, this was going to be my path before the pandemic. Like a lot of us end up going into higher administration, like higher ed administration. Mm -hmm. And like you get to be on campus and stuff. So you get some of those goods, but it's not tenure. It's, it's not the thing that's supposed to, I mean, you usually get paid more, which is ironic, but like, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> um, academic, like it is a badge of pride among academics that we are not interested in money. You know, we don't we don't care we're, we're here for knowledge and truth and uh it's just like how as sailors we are not interested in sleep sleep is for the weak <laughs> yeah lots of dysfunctional thoughts out there <laughs> uh, yeah no it's really it's it's bad it's bad that this is considered a good thing that we are above thinking about money and i mean all it does is justify the you know slavery that is adjunct <laughs> 
um, work in the academy, which I refuse to adjunct as my main income. I would be open to adjuncting if I choose to adjunct (laughs) and under no other circumstances will I adjunct because I would not have a slave and I would not be a slave. (laughs) It's like Abraham Lincoln, something like that. And my dad used to say that and attribute it to Abraham Lincoln. So, although he would say it in order to say why we could never like have someone help us clean our house. Because paying for, you know, paying a fair wage for somebody to clean your house is slavery in his book. (laughs) And that's the list of things that doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) One more on the list why you don't talk to dad. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So weird. That's like some, that's some like badge. It's a badge of like working class. I don't know. There was, I don't know. That one was weird. He was, my dad was definitely onto the, uh, I don't care about money. Like I'm here to do, I like he'd only do work that he'd enjoy, which is why he was broke ass motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it all worked out great. So long as my mother's rich parents sponsored him and paid for everything. Um, Then he was able to do his scholarship and stuff. And that was good. But, you know, divorce is a thing, and it turns out, like, mom was a psycho. Oh, and he was a psycho, too. So. (laughs) Why do I keep forgetting you have a mom? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't talk about her a lot. (laughs) It's been, oh, God, how how many years has it been since high school? Uh, The last time I talked to my mother was, um, like, the beginning of the month that I graduated from high school. So I'm old now. I'm 20. 11 12 years 29 yeah so like that was the i saw her once at my grandfather's funeral which i i brought sally to because you need a date to grandpa's funeral (laughs) (laughs) so that was good that date got me out of a lot of trouble (laughs) so i saw her once and then she appeared like a demon mirage in the rearview mirror of my car at my um undergraduate graduation that was terrifying was she invited or did she just show up fuck no she wasn't invited like stupid question why would i even ask (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's really ironic because i was actually like it had been so long at that point right it'd been like four years since i'd interacted with her um I don't remember if grandpa had died yet, but like basically it'd been a while since I interacted with her. And at the time I was married to a dude who like thought I should like my mother foolishly. (laughs) Um, That's what happens when you're with a refugee who can't see his mom. He gets weird ideas about what you should do with your mom. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) No, there's a little food for thought, but like I was entertaining it. I was like, well, maybe I could invite her. And then my, my uncle, so her brother, contacted me and was like, she really wants to go, like, you know, it's your choice. Let me know if it's okay and I'll let her know. And then while I was thinking about it, she sent me a letter in the mail that was like, no matter what, I'm coming. Ha ha. I like called back my uncle. I'm like, not only is she not invited, but you're no longer allowed to tell her any information about me. (laughs) No address. She got my address from you because that's the only way that she sent this letter here. So no more fucking shit like that. Get like, burn it, burn it down, burn it all down. (laughs) And then I had my father and my aunt and uncle my, on my dad's side. So not the same uncle. Um, they were all there with me for graduation and I had my dad in my car and I had my um, husband at the time and we were in the parking lot. It was like the parking garage by the stadium. Cause my, my graduation was in the stadium and I fucking saw her <laughs> in my rear view mirror. And like, she's, she's a very distinctive looking person. She's relatively tall and she has a very slender frame, but she's a relatively fat person. <laughs> So it's very distinct and she's got like a Jew fro and she trims it weird. So like, it's really fro-y. So, <laughs> okay. So she just fucking appeared. And like, without a doubt in my mind, I knew it was her, right? She's distinct looking and this is literally my worst nightmare. So I know it's her. And like, I didn't want to tell my dad because he was going to freak out. And I didn't know how to deal with him freaking out because I had to be down on the field, like doing the graduation thing. 
And like my father is going to be freaking out with my aunt and uncle and my uh, husband who could not deal with fucking anything. (laughs) (laughs) So I like didn't tell that. I did tell uh, my husband and was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like I was just I like had like a 10 minute on the side. Dad's still in the car. Freak out to him without letting dad know that that was weird. And then we all went on our merry way and I didn't see her again. And that was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> that's, that's probably not true. I've had way worse things than that, but that was, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. So that is, that is looking like it's going to be the only graduation that I'm going to have as an adult because COVID, um, Right. <laughs> in theory, I'm defending my dissertation in a couple weeks. So we'll see if I end up succeeding at that. Um, <laughs> and that would place me to graduate in May. And right now, my dumbass university is like, we're going to have a graduation. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> we did cancel this. Like, we promised the 2020 kids who graduated last year, we were like, we're definitely going to celebrate you. Memorial Day, we got you. You can come back. And like yesterday, they were like, sorry, kids. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing anything for you. We can't. Too bad. Sayonara. (laughs) So, yay. Um, But they're they're still holding out for for what will be my class. But, you know, I... I always dreamed of my PhD graduation. Like, that's the one that actually mattered to me. Because I don't know if you've been to very many um, like higher education graduation ceremonies, but the way it works is the higher your degree. So like the smarter you get, the more ridiculous the hat you get to wear. It. <laughs> so by the time you're at a PhD, you're basically dressing like a clown and <laughs> They're giving you the fanciest things. Like, I just, I loved that so much when I was an undergraduate and saw that. And, like, I wanted to be the clown. I was ready <laughs> to be the clown. And, like, Notre Dame does not, does not disappoint. Like, our PhD robes, like, you wear this bizarre little beret thing that makes it look like your your head is a piece of architecture. <laughs> what is it like? Isn't it it like Switzerland or something when you get a PhD over there? They give you like a top hat and a sword. It was like, (laughs) do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I do know what you're talking about. I wish we were that cool. But like maybe it's good that we aren't because then I would be even more disappointed if I didn't formally get my top hat and Oh, but I was looking forward to the awkward moment when my advisor would have to hood me and like most faculty don't know how those work. So it's always awkward for like 20 reasons. And it's like the probably the closest physically you will ever be to your advisor because philosophy is known for creepers. So we have a lot of (laughs) (laughs) not that my advisor is a creeper. He's very nice. Very never had that issue. But uh, we're notorious for it in philosophy. We're like the you know, creepy old white dude in every sense. That's just who we are. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, I'm probably not going to have that because I don't want to get COVID. I mean, if I got vaccinated, I would do it. But then I had some family who wanted to come. Um, at least like the person that was going to make that happen is not talking to me because I dared to set a boundary and tell her to stop telling me how great my dad is. Um <laughs> And she was like, okay, never talking to you again. <laughs> I was like, okay, guess I'm never going to talk to my aunt again because that's the only way I talk to her. So bye. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I wouldn't ask my family to come um, if they I – w- I wouldn't even like tell them it was happening basically because I don't want them to consider coming out here. Um, if the pandemic is still going, because like there, it's all the way from San Diego. Like I don't, I just don't want to be spreading COVID around the country because I want some people to see me in a silly hat. No, <laughs> take a selfie, you'll be all right. <laughs> but like now, I have this very serious dilemma where like I'm not, I'm probably not going to do graduation, and like the the silly hat, the outfit is fucking expensive is it (laughs) like it's more than a thousand dollars i haven't looked i just know that it's more than a thousand dollars and like (laughs) when the fuck do you wear your medieval robes if you don't work in the academy (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, I'm never, I'm never even going to get to see the silly hat. Like, it's too expensive to buy. It would be stupid to rent it if I'm not even going to graduation. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to buy the thousand dollar outfit and just hang it on the wall and be like, that's what I would have worn if I got to graduate. <laughs> the um the very first recording we did for like what was supposed to be the podcast for to go ashore my friends and i were just like talking about like these really outlandish uniform items that 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 they just they just stopped making and it was like one of those things where where like people didn't even know they existed like who the fuck was wearing these there was like a boat cloak there was a tiara there was like <laughs> all these things like <laughs> wait wait was the tiara for like the navy were you like at sea dressed like a prince <laughs> no it was for like a dress uniform like if you were going to like a formal dinner or whatever i don't, okay. I don't know man like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know how many formal dinners I've been at where I where I seriously thought a tiara would be appropriate. <laughs> I mean, I would lie, I would be lying if I said I've never considered buying a tiara because I have some damn nice ones at Disney. <laughs> that practicality, I just don't know where I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> oh man. No, that's pretty great. Well, I mean Military uniforms, academic robes, and uh, clergy robes. Like, all of those, are, that's what you wear when you've got to be real fancy and you did a thing. Or you, you know, <laughs> defended the country. You you sat in the closet and did some research. And you... <laughs> You're supposed to get to wear these things. So, like, I don't know. I'm going to have to... I don't know how to organize my life so I can both be an entrepreneur and have a lot of reason to wear the thousand dollar robes I'm probably going to irrationally purchase because I like silly hats. (laughs) You need to become a really successful entrepreneur and then throw an entrepreneur's ball (laughs) (laughs) where everyone dresses in their fanciest attire. (laughs) And I will come with in my boat cloak and tiara. (laughs) (laughs) And the tickets are going to be like a thousand dollars for anyone who's not my friend. And we're going to be rich and wearing our silly clothes. You know that's, that's how I. That's kind of like how I felt. Well, have you ever? Um, well, that that's not how I felt planning my high school reunion. But like, <laughs> have you ever seen the documentary for a uh, fire festival? No, I don't think I have. Do you, do you know what fire festival was? Um, I know what Burning Man is. Is it different? It's um a failed Burning Man. It was like. <laughs> It was supposed to be this, like, really awesome, like, music festival, and I I think it was something like $10,000 a person, and it was, like, on what used to be Pablo Escobar's, like, private island, and it was promoted by, like, some, I don't know, I forgot who it was, but it, like, it ended up, like, this giant disaster, and I was like, oh, like, you could fuck up planning an event that bad? Uh, I, I can do my high school reunion. It will at least won't be a fire festival. And that was the thing that kept me going. <laughs> <laughs> it was like nothing like there was like this giant storm, like everyone was like oh for fire festival, not the not the high school <laughs> reunion. But there was like this giant storm and the, they were supposed to have these fancy tents set up and like that didn't happen and like the things that they actually used were like leftover like things from like the, our last huge hurricane or whatever and then there was supposed to be like gourmet food and everyone got some like soggy grilled cheese <laughs> so yeah if you ever throw a ball just know that you the, the bar is pretty low <laughs> oh man oh man <laughs> No, I mean that seems like a good plan. That's a the long term career goal is to be uh, successful. I was going to say popular. That's like popular. <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't know. Successful enough that I can throw a party big enough that it both makes money and I can wear my silly clothes. 
Sounds good. Maybe I should just, <laughs> I don't know. It would be so alienating for me to wear my academic robes. Basically all of like in any situation I can think of, like if I was on my, my Instagram and I was wearing that, that'd be like laughed out of the room. If I was like recording YouTube videos in my robes, people would be like, well, she's clearly mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well uh, throw in like a, the horned hat or whatever the fuck that guy was wearing <laughs> while you're at it. Be like, well, maybe she could run the insurrection. That seems all right. <laughs> like, I don't go out looking for videos of that guy. They just kind of come up. And the more I see, the more I'm like, what, like, what the fuck? Like, how are you allowed to run free? <laughs> Do we know how old he was? Is he a millennial? Is this what we're going to be remembered for? I think <laughs> he was. Yeah, I think he's around our age. There was, you, you know, um, zip tie guy? Like, there's this, like image yeah. of this guy like walking around with zip ties and apparently he was there with his mom like <laughs> one of the guys i was like on one of my ships with he actually like knows that guy from high school so like these people are our age <laughs> oh dear yeah. yeah this is not how i want to be remembered by history <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be remembered by uh the insurrection and uh game stonk <laughs> <laughs> this is our legacy tell your grandchildren no i saw this from your page you shared that like um picture of a guy in a snapchat filter who was was, like arrested for screaming uh for 36 hours (laughs) what stamina (laughs) right someone in the comments was like did someone call the cops after like 12 hours and they were like oh well um if he's still doing it tomorrow then get back to us because how do you do that (laughs) yeah how do they actually know it like was there footage like (laughs) did he take a break like how did he pace himself (laughs) did he eat like did he Did he take bites of a sandwich in between? (laughs) How many times did he say GameStop? (laughs) Like, like really, that's like my favorite thing ever is like when new when there's like a serious news story and the only picture the news can manage to dig up of the person is of like them with like a dog face filter from Snapchat. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I I feel like they have a driver's license photo you could use. Like what did you use before Snapchat? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that one looked like they might not have known it was Snapchat. <laughs> like, it looked it looked plausible as a picture at a glance, anyway. <laughs> That's true. I mean, when you consider that this guy was on PCP and yelling game stonk for 36 hours, you know, like, this might actually be what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's... That was too much, though. That was just (laughs) very 2021. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the pandemic kind of likes taking a sideline to the GameStop thing, which is a little bit upsetting. I don't know. Like, people are dying in mass, but GameStop. (laughs) (laughs) But GameStop is up and then it's down. (laughs) Yeah. Very very down. Yeah, no, there were people on Wall Street bets where I'm just like, like, I like genuinely hope they had like an exit strategy because it was, it, it, there was like this guy posting like, oh, like, if I can hold, you can hold. And like, I'm living out of my truck right now and I'm still holding. And I was like, please don't, <laughs> please sell <laughs> right now. <laughs> and you know, a little, some good came out of it. Like you had those guys who were like, who were making profits and then they they bought a whole bunch of like games from GameStop and then like donated it to a children's hospital. That 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 was cool. But, yeah. but everyone else. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like you could have done well there if you understood what you were doing. Um, yeah. but like way too many people stuck their noses where they didn't belong and then they got burned, uh, you know. Yeah. But 
It's okay. It was mostly like hedge funds that own GameStop, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was listening to a podcast uh, like right before I got on here, and um, shoot, he the guy was explaining that like the way Robinhood works, the way that you can trade commission free on there is that they they send your order to a hedge fund and then the, the like the stock that you that you get actually like comes from a hedge fund it's like <laughs> i don't know dude like it's like this whole weird thing but i'm just like oh yeah that makes sense like awesome so yeah. even though you think you're fighting hedge funds you're actually working with them yeah yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah this has not given me a lot of confidence in robin hood let's say that <laughs> yeah but yeah, like, I mean, it, it, Robinhood from, like, you know, like, an entrepreneurship and, like, e-commerce and brand building, like, perspective, like, that's super interesting, too, because it took them, like, seven years to build up, like, this trust in its user base and one day to fuck it all away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they fucked it up, too, and, like, there was that kid that committed suicide because he owed, like a billion dollars or something and he didn't understand he didn't actually own it or owe it oh yeah you read that article huh yeah yeah i remember when it happened and i was like okay robin hood yeah no (laughs) yeah so ever since then they tried to make it like you know like more obvious as to like what like how much money you actually have and like they've sent out all (laughs) i don't know if you saw that the email that i got like when the gamestop stuff started happening they sent out like hey by the way like here's our investor 101 i was like no one's gonna read that shit (laughs) 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 but you know they say that they're trying they're trying to do more education and it's like like you're I think the thing with our generation is that, like, if it's on a website, nobody's going to read it. They'll read it maybe if it's in the app. But if it's on a website where it's not, like, shoot, they can't, they can't like, swipe through it, then, like, nobody reads it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Robinhood needs to make it, like, Instagram stories. Like, teaching the stock market <laughs> in Instagram stories. But, like, not too much. And, like, make them fun. So. <laughs> yeah. That's an idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe that's a direction for to go ashore. You can, <laughs> if you want to make your money on the stock market, I got you. Look at my story. <laughs> I think what were they saying on ClickFunnels? Like the average like attention span for people right now is like fucking five seconds before they like turn their attention to something else. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> we're we're a nightmare when it comes to like. I mean, as an academic, I'm trained to like have longer attention spans but it turns out like it makes me miserable (laughs) i think i mean it turns the dopamine off (laughs) (laughs) the entire world right now is catering to the typical you know attention span so like when i put my like philosophy brain focus on things that have like that that are designed for me to be kind of paying attention I like exhaust myself. Like it's more tiring than if I focus on something really meaty that needs that focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my brain turns turns to mush, and I can't formulate sentences, and I have to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. But yeah, Robin Hood's in trouble. You cannot like they need to figure out a way to like make you like you have to go through some educational videos before you can actually start trading or something. Yeah, I was actually impressed when I opened my Robin Hood account and it was like, oh, do you want to also open an options account? And I was like, oh, you'll let me do that. And I clicked the button and it let me do that. I was like, what the fuck? Because like I have an I have another account on like interactive brokers and they they gave me like a 50 question test like to see whether I was capable of trading options, which I don't even trade options. It's just, I wanted it available in case I wanted to, but Mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess Robin Hood needs to be like in between those two things, like not don't make it like, like school, but like also don't, don't let everyone throw all of their money away without understanding what they're doing. (laughs) Right. Maybe a little bit more like school. <laughs> <laughs> but not too much because then people stop using it because they, it, that's more than five seconds of attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're in trouble as a society. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ever? <laughs> <laughs> well, should we end it on that note? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we live in a society. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
have any questions or comments, <laughs> I forgot our email again. <laughs> um, I think it's sailor in a philosopher at gmail.com. Yes. And we have a Facebook page that we also don't use. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. So you can try to find us on Facebook, but good luck. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We release a new podcast episode every week. And be sure to check us out on social media. Louise is at Empowerment Through Thoughts on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. And you can find Beta at To Go Ashore. Thanks. Thank you.